Deuteronomy 5.22, and then we're going to skip down to verse 27. So the Lord has just given the law, the Ten Commandments, okay, to the children of Israel through His lawgiver Moses. And it says in verse 22, These words the Lord spake unto all your assembly. Uh, Moses is recounting this okay, in later years. These words the Lord spake unto all your assembly in the mount out of the midst of the fire and of the cloud and of the thick darkness with a great voice, and he added no more, and he wrote them in two tables of stone and delivered them unto me. Verse 27, Go thou near and hear all that the Lord our God shall say, and speak thou unto us all that the Lord our God shall speak unto thee, and we will hear it and do it. So the children of Israel said, Moses, uh, you, you be the one that talks to God. We're, you know, you're, you're His man. He, you know Him. He knows you. And we're going to stay back here. You go talk to the Lord. And whatever, he command, whatever commandments He gives, He says in verse 27, we will hear it and do it. And the Lord heard the voice of your words when you spake unto Me. And the Lord said unto Me, I have heard the voice of the words of this people which they have spoken unto thee. They have well said all that they have spoken. It's one thing to say the right things. It's another thing to do the right things, right? Children of Israel said, we're going to keep Moses. You go talk to God. Whatever He tells you, we'll do. And the Lord says they've said the right words. Well, they've well spoken. But here's our Scripture for today. Verse 29. This is the Lord speaking. Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear Me and keep all My commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. I'm going to pray one more time. Lord, give us ears to hear Your Word this morning, God. Give us a heart like the heart that You long for us to have. Speak to us this morning in Jesus' name. No, it's a good thing to profess in our day and age that Jesus is Lord. It's a much better thing to have a heart in which truly Jesus is Lord and He reigns. Amen? It's a good thing to profess it, to say it. It's a good thing to to say that, but it's a far better thing to have a heart where Jesus is Lord. It's a good thing to have have, uh, a prayer time and to pray and to seek the Lord. It's a far better thing to have a heart of prayer. It's a good thing to seek the Lord and have a heart and a soul that cries out for the living God and hungers and thirsts for the living God. I mean, it's a good thing to seek the Lord. It's a far better thing to have a heart that seeks for Him. Amen? It's a good thing to sing praises unto the Lord. It's a far better thing to have a heart that is filled with singing to the Lord. David said in Psalm 40, they lifted me out of the horrible pit right of the miry clay he goes on to say put a new song in my heart god did that god put a new song in my heart even praises to my god it's a good thing to attend church services we ought to do that the bible says not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together and all the more as we see the day approaching the day of the lord the return of the lord the rapture of the church all the more we ought to be gathering together and seeking the Lord. But it's a far better thing than showing up for church is to have a heart that longs to be with God and with the people of God. A heart that longs to fellowship with the body of Christ. And nothing's going to keep me from that. You know, I wonder sometimes, 
uh, about us. I some, sometimes wonder, I know you love the Lord, I love the Lord, but sometimes I think we look, almost look for a reason not to come. I mean, we got sniffles or something like that and something keeps us out of church and the least little thing can keep us out of church where it wouldn't keep us away from work, it wouldn't keep us from school, it wouldn't keep us from a vacation. There's something, there's a heart problem there. There's a heart problem there. Because, uh, again, we're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but we're to provoke one another to love and good works. But it's a heart that longs to be in church and nothing's going to keep me away. And, and it's a work of the Lord in our hearts. It's, it's a good thing to put money in the offering plate and to tithe. It's a far better thing to have a giving heart. Amen? To have a heart that wants to give to God, to the things of God, to the people of God. And that's really in our hearts. It's a good thing and a wonderful thing to read the Bible. It's another thing to have a heart that loves the Word of God and rests upon His Word and wants to read it. And it's like food. For our souls. It's one thing to thank the Lord. It's another thing to have a heart filled with thanksgiving, isn't it? And I was just thinking about this. So we're going back to verse 29 in your Bibles in Deuteronomy 5. Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always. Why? That it might be well with them and with their children forever. The Lord knows that in fearing God, and keeping His commandments, it's going to go well with us. Sometimes I think we get the wrong idea that obeying God is just for Him. I mean, it would be enough if it was just for Him. Okay? Because He's God and He's worthy of our obedience and so forth. But God's heart is towards us as well. And His heart is His saying that if we would obey Him and fear Him and keep His commandments always, it would go well with us. The problems that we have in life I'm not talking about trials that the Lord lets us go through. The problems we have in life have been made from our own rebellious decisions, our foolish decisions, getting out of the will of God, walking in our way as opposed to God's way. That's the problems I have. I know we have adversities and we have trials and tribulations that God lets us go through even, even when we are obeying the Lord. But the problems, it's a real problem that I have is when I disobey God, when I don't walk in His ways, when I choose my own way as opposed to His. And He says, Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear Me and keep My commandments always, that it might go well with them and for their children, with their children forever. And there's an exclamation point there. And this was the Lord speaking at that time when the people of Israel said, Okay, Moses, this is great. Everything God shows you to show us, we'll do it. And God says, they've well spoken. That's a good thing that they've said. But He knows their heart. And He knew, and they didn't. History proves it. They, they walked and they, they lived and they died in unbelief. They walked and lived and died in unbelief. And uh, He says, oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would do like they're saying that they would do and keep My commandments. If, if, if My heart is cold... Even as a Christian, y'all, this morning, if my heart is cold or if my heart is not, let's put it this way, it's not as hot as it should be for the Lord and for the things of God. I'm going to say this and I'm going to say it again in a little bit. Don't stop doing what's right. Don't stop obeying the Lord 
Don't stop uh, walking in obedience to the things of God. Pray, obey the Lord, but pray for a right heart. Don't stop doing what's right. Start praying for a right heart to obey the Lord, a heart of obedience, a heart that lines up with the Lord. That's the whole thing, y'all. Here's God and He's holy and He's perfect. Here I am, I'm lost, and then I come to know Christ and He saves me. And I come into His body. I'm part of the body of Christ. His Spirit lives inside of me. Everything He's doing in me is the potter and the clay. Okay? I picture someone as also like uh, someone that's carving a wood or painting a fine painting. Okay? And they start out with a block of wood. And they start chipping away. And I can't tell what in the world they're doing with it at this point. But over time, it takes shape. What was in the, the, the craftsman's mind is going to come to fruition out of that block of wood. And I always think of carving like a duck decoy or something. Is, you know, And it looks really nice. And they paint it and everything. Uh, it started out as a block of wood or, or a lump of clay that is just mud. Basically, that's all it is. And, but in the, the mind of that craftsman, that potter, they have something very specific in mind. They're not just going around spinning it for no reason. They have something in mind they're going to make out of it. And he's the potter and we're the clay. And the whole thing is to get us to where, to where it's Christ in us. The whole thing is to get us lined up, so to speak, in our minds, in our hearts, in our actions, in, in everything about us more and more like Christ, right? So here's Christ and to bring my life in line. To get those things lined up. And sometimes we drift off a little this way. Or we drift off a little that way. But God wants to keep us right there. And He's working that in us. To where I, I respond at work to somebody. Or to a tragedy or a trial. Uh, the way I love. The way I, the way I uh, am patient. The way we persevere. Uh, so many things about our life. God's trying to line us up and keep us there. And so... Uh, it's a matter of the heart. All of those are issues of the heart. Everything about our life flows out of the heart. And so don't stop doing what's right. If, if your heart's cold, pray for a heart that, that lines up with God, that, that lines up with His will, that truly from the heart desires to obey the Lord. You know, the Bible says in 1 John 5.3, and this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. We don't think of love and commandments sometimes as being similar, have anything to do with each other. But in God's eyes, they do. This is the love of God that we keep His commandments. And His commandments are not grievous. So if I am grieved by keeping the commandments of God, as a believer, they grieve me, or some of them. Certain things are hard for me, and I don't enjoy them. And I just do them because I'm supposed to. Don't stop doing them. Pray for a heart that lines up with the Word of God that says His commandments are not grievous. So if, if they are to me, then He's not going to change His commandments. There's something in me that has to change. His commandments are not grievous. It's a display or proof or evidence of my love for Christ. If any man has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me, Jesus said. And so again, if, if they seem grievous to me or a certain commandment seems grievous to me, giving, boy, I have a hard time giving money. I worked hard for that. If it's grievous for me to put money in the offering plate 
and I can't do it with great joy, don't stop giving. Give, but pray that your heart is lined up with the Lord's. And so um, this is God want what He wants for us. And this is what He wants from us. It's what pleases Him. I want to read a scripture here from uh, 2 Chronicles 19.9. Speaking about King uh, Jehoshaphat. He was one of the, the good kings and, and the Levites and the priests of his day. And he charged them saying, Thus shall you do in the fear of the Lord faithfully and with a perfect heart. God was wanting to bring about a revival of, of sorts in Jehoshaphat's day. And he says, Thus shall you do. He charged them in the fear of the Lord, which we just talked about in Deuteronomy, and with a perfect heart. So he didn't just give them a list of commandments and say, go do them. And people try their best to go do them. And I kept nine out of ten or whatever. Or I did all ten. He says, you should do these faithfully and with a perfect heart. And this is what we're seeing in the Word of God. I want you to turn with me if you would. And, and our key scripture is going to be all, all morning. Is that from Deuteronomy 5.29? Oh, that there were in them such a heart that they would fear me and keep my commandments always. Okay? Turn to Psalm 40. We're going to see this in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This psalm is a messianic psalm. Uh, you know, a prophecy of sorts before the Lord came to the earth the first time. Let's read verses 6-8 through because these scriptures are speaking of Him right here. Psalm 40, verse 6. Sacrifice and offering thou didst not desire, but mine ears hast thou opened. Burnt offerings and sin offerings hast thou not required. Then said I, lo, I come in the volume of the book it is written of me. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within what my heart. This is such a wonderful scripture. This, this is Jesus. This is a, a picture or like a profession out of his mouth. Okay? I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy, thy law is within my heart. When it says in verse 7, then said I, lo, I come. That I didn't, I didn't know this, but I was studying that. That's actually a phrase. Like if, if we would say today, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm at your service. Or, you know what I mean? Some, something like that. Like a servant would say, I'm at your service. I'm here to do your, your pleasure. Whatever. This was a phrase that a servant, faithful servant would use to, to his master. Okay? Lo, I come. Whenever, this, whenever the master called, the servant would say, Lo, I come. I'm coming. I'm doing everything you bid me to do. I'm coming right away. I'm coming with the right mind, heart, spirit, attitude. I'm coming. Okay? And so this was Christ. And this is our model heart. This is our model life. The Lord Jesus Christ. Not the cross and so forth. That's something unique to Him. And we do identify with Him in His death and burial and resurrection when we come to Christ. But I'm talking about His, his attitude and His heart towards His Father. His attitude and His heart towards obeying the Father while He was on this earth. He has the perfect heart. And He perfectly displayed and lived out this life on the earth. Perfectly. Perfectly. You can't find fault. Jesus said, which of you convinceth me of sin? 
They couldn't. Even his enemies, even his worst enemies that wanted him dead and wanted to stone him and then were glad that he got put on the cross later. Even those people could not convict or convince the Lord of any sin that he committed on this planet. It's amazing. He's a sinless, spotless Lamb of God. He's God in the flesh. Not born of that nature of Adam, but the nature of God Almighty. But still, he is the perfectly displayed and lived out that obedient heart. That obedient to heart. In every action, in every thought, in every word, in every motive, all the way to the cross. All the way to the cross. Nothing knocked him off course of going to the cross. I always think about that. There are many things that came that could have influenced him. Physically, they could have killed him, but God, it wasn't his time, right? Uh, there was other things that could have stopped him from going to the cross. Satan, uh, popularity among people, hatred among people, uh, rejection. Lots of things could have kept him from the cross, but nothing kept him from the cross. Nothing. He was obedient unto death, the Bible says, even the death on the cross. Obedient unto death. There was an obedience in everything he did from, from birth. You know, it's a mystery to that. How was he God and yet a teenager? How was he God in the flesh and let yet a little child with his mother, a nursing baby? Uh, those things are, are mysteries to us. And yet he was God all the way. And he was obedient to his father all the way. All the way through. He's the perfect example of that lived out, really fleshed out, so to speak. Not only perfect in his obedience, which he was, and sinless, but perfect in his heart of obedience. And that's what we're talking about today. Not just doing what was right. You've probably heard this before, doing what was right, right. Somebody could give you a list of five things to do in the church and you did them, but you hated it. You did them perfectly to the T. You did everything you were supposed to do. You ushered and you set the signs out. And you collected the offering and counted it. And You know what I'm saying? You did everything perfectly to the T and didn't make any mistakes. But your heart was grieved by it. It was a bother to you. It was not joyful to you. It wasn't as unto the Lord. And same could be for my life. Jesus didn't just perfectly obey the Father. He's the only one that did. And perfectly fulfill the law. He did. But he perfectly fulfilled it with a perfect heart. Like God told Jehoshaphat, thus, thus shall you do faithfully and with a perfect heart. He told Jehoshaphat and the Levites and the priests in that day, you do these things I'm telling you to do and do it with a perfect heart. And so there's a big difference in simply towing the line, so to speak. That's a saying of just like, I'm doing what I'm supposed to. I'm in the military. I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything the way I'm supposed to. Checking 1 through 20 off the list correctly. There's a big difference between doing that and doing it right, inwardly, from a pure heart. And I'll say this, it matters to the Lord. It matters to the Lord. It matters to us that the heart is lined up. That the heart is perfect. Only God can do it. But... I want, to, I want to just paraphrase this. There's, there's an illustration the Lord gives in Matthew 21. You can read it sometime, 28 through 31. He says, but what think you? That a certain man had two sons, and he said to one son, uh, go work in my field today. And he said, I will not. 
But later he repented and went and worked in the field. And he said to the other son, I'll go and work. Son, go work in my field today. And he says, I, you know, like real excited. I will, sir. I'll go work in your field. But he didn't go work in the field. He says, which of these two did the will of the father? I said the first one, which did the will? He said, I will not. But later he did. He repented and he went and worked in the field. And I've always thought, you know, Jesus used that as an example of which one did the will of the father. And the ones that did the will of the father was the one even when he started out bad and said, I'm not. Later, he repented and went and worked and did what he was supposed to do. The other one said, I'll do it, but he didn't didn't do it. We should always do what we know to be the revealed will of God. You and I as Christians, believers, should always do what we know is God's will. Um, There's no excuse for disobedience. There's no excuse for not doing what we know to be the will of God. We do not wait on our feelings. I tell you what, we live in a day and age in the church where this is a real problem. People are confused on this and they shouldn't be confused on this. There's not a scripture in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, not a teaching by the Holy Ghost or the Word of God that says when you feel like obeying God, obey Him. And if you don't quite feel like it, reading your Bible today, then don't. Because you might just be doing it out of your flesh. There's not a scripture that says that. The scriptures say do the will of God. So there's no excuse for disobedience. But there's something even far better than the son who said, I'm not going to do it. Later he went and did it. Praise God, he went and did the will of the Father. There's something even better than that. You know what's even better than that? It's to say, I will do it, Lord. And then do it. And do it with a glad heart. That's even better than the first son who did the will of the Father. And so, y'all, we're not waiting on feelings to sweep through our church. God, you're not waiting on a feeling to put your money in the offering plate. We're not waiting on feelings before we share the gospel with somebody. We're not waiting for goosebumps up and down the back of our neck before we lift our hands and praise God. We do it by faith. We do it because He's worthy. We, we, so my heart just doesn't seem in it, so I'm not going to read my Bible today. I've heard these things out of people's mouths. It's confusion. It's not of God. It's not the Lord. There's no place that tells us that. Would you have a drill sergeant in the military? You know, sergeant, I don't feel like running six miles this morning. I'm going to wait. When that feeling hits me, because I don't want to do it with, you know, I don't want to do it with, uh, without really being uh, into it, so to speak, and giving it my best, so I'm not going to do it. Well, okay. All right, you get some rest. And I'll come back and call and see if you're ready to do that later. Buck, would that work? I don't think so. Uh, But people, when it comes to the Lord, they get confused on this. And they think that anything we do that's obedience, and we might not have felt like obeying at that moment, they instantly relate that to being serving God in the flesh. My flesh doesn't want to serve God at all. Okay? Even my redeemed flesh doesn't want to serve God at all. I can't go by that. That's not my standard or my judge. I've talked to people. So I didn't come to Sunday school this morning. I didn't come to church this morning uh, because I didn't. My heart wasn't in it. Oh, what'd you read in your Bible today? I didn't read, read it today, and and I because I didn't really feel like it, and I thought it would just be legalistic, and that wouldn't be pleasing to God. 
Pick up your Bible and read it. There's nothing in this Bible from Genesis to Revelation that tells me not to do that. Everything tells me to do it. I didn't feel like praying today. And so I didn't think it would be honoring to the Lord because I didn't feel like it. Well, then you're just living by your feelings. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And I tell you what, if I only read the Bible every time I felt like it, maybe I, I probably wouldn't read it nearly as often as I should. The, the problem is, there's something even better than that. Far better still than just towing the line. I think we should obey the Lord. I know we should obey the Lord. But the Lord says, oh, that there were such a heart in them. This is where I would struggle. This is where people struggle. Oh, that there were such a heart in them. We say the right thing. I love God. We do the right thing. And we, we read our Bible and we pray and we come to church and we offer. And we, we do the things and we abstain from evil things. And we're saved and we do those things. But even beyond that, God is saying, oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always, that it may go well with them and with their children forever. Isn't that really even better? Isn't that far better? That my heart, I could say like Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, I delight to do thy will. There are certain things in my walk with the Lord in obedience to Christ that I do delight in. There might be one or two things or some other things that I don't delight so much in. But I know it's His will and I do it, but I'm, it's not a delight to me. Well, what's the problem? Is God the problem? No. Is God's word the problem or His commandment? No. The problem is I need a heart surgery. I need some work. I'm already saved. I'm His child. I'm going to heaven one day. But I need heart surgery in that area of my life to where I can, like my Savior, say, I really delight in that now, God. It used to be a burden to me. I used to obey you because I was supposed to. But now I obey you in this area and it's, it's the love of my life. It's the delight of my heart. Isn't that so much better? I delight to do your will. You know, everybody delights to do their own will, don't they? <laughs> you know, where, where do you want to go to eat? Go out and eat. How much you want to get for your paycheck? Everything, just my own will. We just delight to do in our own will and everything. Um, who, who delights to do the will of another? That's a servant's heart. Specifically the other, and this is the Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior who redeemed us, to delight to do His will. It should not be grievous to us. It's not grievous in all things, but in some areas of our life, maybe it is, we find it grievous. I find it grievous to open my mouth and share Jesus with another person. I find it grievous to spend a lot of time in prayer. I'd rather watch TV. I find it grievous to whatever it may be. In those areas, don't ask God for some out. Like He's going to have a loophole. And well, You know what? You, you've kept nine of the ten things. If you don't like to pray, we'll let you slide on that. You need to pray. And I need to pray for me. I need to pray because God's Word says to pray. I need to pray. So if I have a tr trouble praying, I need to go to God in prayer and say, Lord, I need a heart change about prayer. Whether I'm afraid to pray, whether I'm bored when I pray, whether I daydream when I pray, whether I'm selfish in my prayers, whatever it is, I need a heart change in me. God can do that. 
All right. So not only I said Christ was our perfect example or that model heart and model heart of obedience lived out with a perfect heart. He is our, by, without question. He is that model and example. But beyond that, he's not only our example, he is our enabler to help us to do that. He's not only showing us through his life on the earth, he is empowering us by the Holy Ghost to do it. Thank God. Because it would be an endless life of endless frustration if there weren't some help to get from here to there. If he's the Lord's perfect here and I'm all over the place and I can't get lined up with the Lord and it's not possible for me and my heart to get lined up with God, that would be frustrating beyond uh, what we could bear if we really wanted to and we couldn't. Thank God for the power. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That includes a heart of obedience, a perfect heart, a heart that lines up with God. Maybe it's little by little. Maybe it's one area at a time. Maybe it's uh, my prayer life wasn't what it was supposed to be and I didn't want to pray. And God, after seeking Him and praying, fasting, whatever it may be, maybe it was all at once. He lined up my heart and now I have a heart of prayer. And now He'll start working on something else. It's probably, it's not just all at once, but it's a continual working where in our hearts because everything else is issues of the heart everything else flows out of the heart if the heart is right the other things will be right heart of god i delight to do thy will he wasn't lying when he said that i delight to do not my own will but thy will god yea thy law is where in my mind now that's not what he said thy law is within my heart and the Bible tells us in this new covenant in Christ, he's written his laws in our hearts and our minds, it says. And I thank the Lord that uh, that it is possible. Aren't you glad that it's possible with the Lord to have a life that lines up by the continual, ongoing, powerful working of the spirit of God in the life of a believer? Amen. It's truly able to have possible to have a heart of obedience. I want to read a couple of more scriptures here um, from Romans 12, 11. We're to serve the Lord. It says fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. First Peter 1, see that you love one another. It doesn't just stop there. It says, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. And so it matters to God, not just that we're doing the right things. A lot of the Pharisees. I think the Apostle Paul did, according to the law, he said, is touching the righteousness of the law blameless. So whatever righteousness, it wasn't, certainly wasn't a saving righteousness, okay, or a justifying righteousness in God's eyes, but as far as touching the law and how he should have lived as an Israelite, ceremonially and so forth, not his heart of hearts, but outwardly, as touching the law and what he ate and things like that, touching the law blameless. There's something better than that. It's, it's a heart for God. It's a heart that knows God. It's a working in the, of God in our hearts to not only obey the Lord, but obey the Lord with a pure heart and a right heart. When it says, uh, those two scriptures I just read from Romans and 1 Peter, both use the word fervent. Fervent in spirit, serving the Lord, loving one another with a pure heart fervently. And so I, I 
I looked up that word. We know it's, it's in James, uh, the effectual fervent prayers, right, of a righteous man. This, this word means intently to boil, like boil, boiling liquid, to be hot, to glow. That's how we're to serve God, serving the Lord fervently. Not just, okay, what's God got for me today? Whew, I got it. He had three things. I got them all done. Whew. That's over with. Now I can get some me time. Now I can go do what I want to do. But wouldn't it be better if we wanted to do what He wanted us to do? That was our want to. That was our desire. So I'm not trying to get the things of God done and finishing out of the way for that day so I can get to what I want to. All I want is what He wants. Lo, I come. Like the servant says, I come and I delight. What's your greatest delight in doing the will of another? That's a miracle. What's your greatest delight in doing the will of another? My greatest delight is in doing the will of my father. Not my vacation, not all that. He gives us vacations and all that stuff. My greatest delight is in serving God. That's a miracle, isn't it? Nobody naturally does that. And for Christians, we better make it a matter of prayer as well, even for Christians, that that work would be done in our hearts, in our lives, intently to boil, be hot, to glow. That that would be how we loved one another. First Peter 1, that would be how we serve the Lord. And I believe, y'all, that there must be the people of God redeemed by the blood of Jesus must come to a place on these when, when that conflict arises within us. And then we're convicted by it. Maybe by a sermon like this. Or or you already have been convicted by it. I'm doing it, but it's grievous to me. I'm obeying God in this area, but it's not at all my joy or delight. We have to come, instead of just ignoring it, sort of, kicking the can down the road, living for God another day, and not dealing with that, God wants to bring us to a place head on to that thing. To face it head on in a place of, of despair. Where we're like, God, I am helpless in this area. You have to help me. I've thought about it many times, y'all. I cannot change my own heart. I can't. If I hate something, I hate it. I cannot change myself and say, you know, tomorrow I'm going to decide to love it. God has to change my heart. But I can come before the Lord and say, I want to hate what you hate. And I want to love what you love. And I don't right now. And, And give a specific. And say, Lord... I'm going to keep doing, I'm going to keep obeying you because you give me your spirit. I'm able to obey you and walk this out. But I don't want to struggle like this all my life. I want to want to serve you. I want to want to pray. I want to want to be holy. You know what I'm saying? And you, you fill in the blank. Come head on with that thing and meet with God and say, help me here. I know it's a hard issue. I understand that. But God, you can change my heart. I can't. But I believe you can. So we've got to come by faith, right? I believe you can change my heart. Come to a point God wants to bring us. People think we're just supposed to come to church and, and like leave clicking our heels every time like it was just a pep rally. And just funny stories, you know, loving stories, tear, stories, that, stories that make you cry a little bit and leave you feeling warm and fuzzy. But that's not the purpose of the assembling of God's people together or your prayer time or your time of studying the words God, the word of God. Yes, he gives great joy, but he wants to do a work. And a lot of the Christian world just skims over it. and They never let God really do that heart surgery 
that they want. And I don't want us to be a people like that. Because I believe we could be as a church and you could be as an individual, the person that says, I delight to do His will. In your heart of hearts and mean that. Because God can do it. We have to come to a place of desperation or, or despair almost on this where we come to the Lord and say, I want to come to the place where I love to obey You. I want to come to the place where I long to keep Your commandments. I want to be like my Savior Jesus who delights in this. And I know that it's possible. Right? And we come to the Lord like that. And I'm going to bring this to a close, but that is Christ-like. That is of God. That is a miracle. And it's something that God can do, but only God can do. It is a fruit or a product of the working of Almighty God in the life of someone He's redeemed. It's not going to be produced somewhere else. It's not going to be produced on a mountaintop with some guru. It's not going to be produced any other means. It's going to be produced by the working of Almighty God in the life of one of His children that recognizes and sees it. Lord, this is grievous to me. I'm being honest with You, Lord. Or it's, my heart is not as fervent as it should be in this area. Uh, my heart is, needs to be heated up. I need a personal revival in my prayer life and in my giving. I'm selfish. I tend to hang on to things. I don't like to give of my time. I want to get things done. I want to get back to my time. And the Lord say, no, it's all mine. I'm Lord of your time too. I'm Lord of your schedule. I'm Lord of your finances. I'm Lord of it all. Well, Lord, I don't want to let go of it. Well, let go of it. You know, come to me, ask me, and He's going to help us in our hearts to do that. I promise you, He will. He's not a cruel God that's going to dangle something out there and not help us and actually work that in our lives. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. So we need to ask the Lord. Doesn't mean maybe more than once we have to ask Him. If you're searching for the, seeking God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, keep seeking Him. If you sought Him and then you quit for a while and maybe you quit and you haven't done it in months or a year or whatever, don't stop. That gift is for you. Okay? That gift is for you. Let God rekindle that fire and desire to do that. I want you to turn with me to Exodus. Exodus chapter 35. So we've been talking about this on Wednesday nights about the, the tabernacle, you know, all the different instruments and how it typifies Christ and so forth. Well, this is, this is a little more detail, and I just want to touch on a couple of things real quickly. Read with me, if you would, Exodus 35, 4 and 5. And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it an offering of uh, of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. I'm not going to read all the other scriptures, but he talks about uh, they need to bring the materials for the tabernacle. It wasn't built yet. And he was asking specifically from the people, Moses from the children of Israel. This is just every, every person, youngest to the oldest, whoever's of a willing heart, let them bring some of their money, some of their gold. Let them bring silver because there are going to be things with that are used within the tabernacle worship made of gold and silver and these different materials, blue and purple and scarlet and the ram skin in verse 7 and the oil for the light and the spices for the anointing oil and the different stones for the, 
the, uh, the priest's breastplates. And uh, he goes on, you know, the, all this stuff. Bring all the stuff that we're going to need. Because it wasn't built yet. And then uh, he says in, in, uh, in verse 21, skip down there. And they came, everyone who? Who just felt commanded and felt guilty about it. No. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up. And everyone in whose spirit made him willing. And they brought the, the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation. And for all the service and for the holy garments. And they came both men and women and many, as many as were willing hearted. And brought bracelets and earrings and rings and so forth. And every man that offered an offering, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. And it just talks about their willingness. Verse 29. The children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord. Every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all the manner of the work. You could just keep reading it. It goes through that last verse. Uh, and then the beginning of the next chapter. It just talks about that God. They, they had a willing heart. They had a willing heart. And I'm going to read this in verse chapter 36, 1 and 2. Then wrought Bezaliel and Ohaliab and every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding to know how to work all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary according to all that the Lord had commanded. And Moses called Bezaliel and Ohaliab and every wise-hearted man in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom. Every man, one whose heart stirred him up to come unto the work to do it. And so there were these people that people gave willingly. In fact, they gave so much, the Bible says that they had to stop. Moses, Lord, the Lord said, Moses, tell the people, stop giving. There's no room to put it all. There's too much stuff. Okay, stop. And he commanded people, stop bringing, stop giving. We have too much gold. We have too much silver. We have too much materials. Uh, we have too much. We have too many volunteers to do the work. Thank you for coming, you know, but stop. This wouldn't that be a good problem? And it says everyone in whom the Lord stirred up their hearts. It's, it's always this way with the Lord. We're to stir up our own hearts, and yet we need the Lord to help stir up our hearts. Right? Stir up your hearts. Stir up the gift that's in you. Come with a willing heart. Come with a perfect heart. And yet at the same time, we need God to help us to do that. It's both. It's not either or. I have to have a willing heart to be made willing and come to the Lord. But then we're told the Lord put it in their hearts. The Lord stirred them up. The Lord stirred up everyone whose heart stirred them up, it says. So my own heart stirs me up, maybe to this extent, a little bit of fervency and heat. And I'm desperate for God. And God comes in and stirs me up all the way. You understand? There's just something about that. The Lord does it. And uh, I'm going I'm to just close with this thought. It wasn't people in, in Moses' day with the tabernacle. Or in any day. But it wasn't just people that mindlessly and robotically and slavishly served God. I'm going to give my 10% to the tabernacle. I'm going to do this and no more. Uh, it wasn't that. The Lord doesn't just need workers like worker bees 
that are mindless and robotic. Yes, he's working, he's looking and seeking for people to serve him. Okay? But he doesn't just need robots that slavishly serve him. You know, some people have this attitude, well, I served God, I gave some money in the offering plate, isn't that enough? If that is my attitude, I need heart surgery. There's some problem there. Isn't that enough? And I'll do the bare minimum. What's the minimum requirements? Okay? And I'll serve the Lord to the minimum. I'll give of the minimum. And I would just say, who wants to live that way? I don't. I don't want to live that way. I don't want to just meet the basic requirements. Some things that might be fine. You know, getting accepted into this school or, or whatever, just the bare minimums. Um, meet the requirements. But when it comes to serving God, that is not in the picture. It's just not in the picture. This is a relationship with God. And it is a relationship of love. It is a loving relationship. Isn't that enough? I'll just do the bare minimum. No, it's not enough. It's not enough. Because the one thing in your whole life God is after is your heart. He does not just need your 10%. He does, just, does not just need you to, to check off the, the to-do list and you filled it all out correctly. My doctrinal statement's right. My church attendance is 100%. I get an A-plus in attendance. He's not looking for that. He, he, what's right with God is that the heart is right and it all comes from that. Amen? It all comes from that. If I'm, you know, I can speak as a husband. If I was just to, on our anniversary, my wedding anniversary, just... Oh, wow. Anniversary time again. i got to give something to D. Let me, let me think what I can think of. Oh, man. Get this over with. Go buy this. Wrap it up. Here, she ought to be happy. At least I gave you something. You ought to be happy with that. It's real expensive. You know, be happy with that. That's not going to cut it. Okay? Nor should it cut it. All right? Because there's something far better. Even if you don't have a lot of money, you can't spend a lot that you're longing to from your heart do something special, nice. Because why? Because I literally in my heart would delight to do that. You understand the difference? There's a big difference. Okay? There's a big difference. Doing the bare minimum requirements, that wouldn't cut it in any other relationship of love. A love relationship, a friendship, a uh, marriage relationship, parenting relationship. I'll just do the bare minimum. At least I did it. They should be happy. They wouldn't cut it there. It's a love relationship between two, two people or whatever, a family. And, it, and with the Lord, to come to, to a place to where we say, Lord, I love you above all. I want to serve you above all. I consider it a privilege. I get to serve the living God. David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God. He was the king and one of the, the greatest kings of Israel. I would rather be a doorkeeper. That's just somebody that opens and closes the door for people to come in and out. Okay? I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. I just want to serve the Lord. Just want to serve you, Lord. I've got two scriptures here. How's I close? Queen of Sheba, after coming to see Solomon in his kingdom, she had come a long way and he had this amazing kingdom that was like a portrait or picture of Christ's kingdom. 
so to speak. Uh, and she, when she, she was blown away by everything she saw, and she said, Happy are your men, happy are they, these thy servants, which stand continually before thee and hear thy wisdom. The people that served Solomon were happy. Happy are these thy servants who stand continually before thee. The Lord wants us to serve him, but he wants us to serve him in joy. This scripture comes from Hezekiah. The last scripture I'm going to give. D, you can come on up if you want to. Second Chronicles 30, 12. This was in Hezekiah's day. One of my favorite kings, king of Judah. Great revival uh, restored so much in his day. Wasn't perfect, but he was a, a godly man. In his day, it says, also in Judah, the hand of God was given to, was to give them one heart to do the commandments of the king and of the princes by the word of the Lord. The Lord put in the hearts of the people of Judah one heart from their heart to do the commandments of the king to bring about this revival. God put it in the hearts of people to obey the commandments that they were given. They weren't intimidated by, you know, threats. It was in their hearts to do the commandment of the king. And it's just a pleasure, y'all, to serve God. These altars are open. And then we would come and pray with the heart, for a heart that delights to do the will of God. And whatever it would be, whatever He's choosing, however He's choosing for us to serve Him, whatever thing we may be struggling for, that God would give us a heart to where His commandments are not grievous. They are not, in fact, grievous. If they're grievous to me, then I need the Lord to help me. Amen? So these altars are open. You come. And Father, we come before You in Jesus' name. And God, I look at Christ and His life of perfect obedience, but also His heart of perfect obedience. And say, I say, Lord, I'm so far from where I need to be. And Lord, if it weren't for the help of Almighty God, we would despair over that. But Lord, we can call upon You in our despair. And thank You that You can change our heart. You can, like we just read in the Old Testament, give us a willing heart to give to God and to the things of God. You can put within us a willing heart that obeys You and delights to obey You. You can do that, Lord. And God, we're asking You this morning as Your people, Lord, we need You to do that. I need You to do that in my life, God. Not only to obey You, but to obey You with such joy from a heart fervently to obey You. Help us, God. Thank You for helping us, God. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord.